Also, music can heal and validate and acknowledge. But we needn't wait till our twilight years. Every time Australians go to war, sooner or later, one of their number shares their story in song. Fred Smith is one such musician. He was the Australian diplomat posted to Uruzgan province in Afghanistan. His experience finding a home in two albums of music and now a memoir, The Dust of Uruzgan. Ahead of Anzac Day on Tuesday, he spoke with Jeff Wood. The 24th of August, back in 2010, I was working out of Tarrant with a squad of 20 men. The Dutch had pulled the pin, leaving Uruzgan for good. It fell to us to fill the void out to the west in Derrywood. Back in 2009, we began to understand that the problems of Afghanistan were not just military. It wasn't just a war. It's a society with a lot of problems. And so we started to send diplomats and aid workers in the international community did to try and address those problems. When I heard I was going to go to Afghanistan, I was a little bit afraid, you know. I've worked in untidy places before, like Bougainville after the conflict there and the Solomons following the coup there, but none of them sort of active war zones in the way that Afghanistan was. And, uh, of course, the stories you hear from Afghanistan are never never nice ones. We drove south of the Tangy to an RV where we met with two brick of boys from Anna Joy and returned for Darapet. Daily routine, well, you know, you wake up and you hear the snoring of the people around you. I was initially in a shipping container with seven diggers and then up in a tent in the uh, Chora Valley, 40 kilometres north of the provincial capital, and uh, I was there with a team of American soldiers who were protecting me. So you sort of wake up earlier than you'd like to most mornings and then breakfast, and then the day for me was very much about meetings. Some of them were on the base. Sometimes I'd go off base, surrounded by soldiers or in a bushmaster, protected and you'd meet with Afghan leaders and uh, talk about the tribal political situation, provincial government matters, development matters, projects, and then you'd spend the afternoons and evenings writing those up to try and explain to the people you're working with what's going on in the province. They'd hit a complex ambush for about a hundred men. There was the chattering of AKs and the thud of PKMs. The rounds were whistling around it, but we couldn't tell where from because the Talibs had concealment in the tree line and the corn. 40, perhaps 41 soldiers who fought in Afghanistan perished there. They were the unlucky ones. I, I always think that what, you know, you look at a memorial wall at an RSL and you'll see the asterisks next to the names of the soldiers that were killed in action. And what sorts out those who were killed and those who were not was just plain luck, being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And uh, they disappear, of course, you know. But, of course, families and mates grieve a great deal for every soldier that's killed. I think, you know, there'd be a dozen Australian soldiers back here who, for whatever reason, feel some sense of survivor's guilt. They might even blame themselves for the, for the death. And that was sort of what informed this song, Derapet. Crash grabbed my Maximi and hauled it up to the crest. That's why he was where he was when the round burst through his chest. I looked up in that instant and I never will forget as he spun around and crashed face down in the dust of Derapet. Woolly called for dust off. We were too far from the cars. We worked on crash for an hour, taking turns on CPR. The chopper came and medivacked him back in 2TK with the doc there at the roll to, declared him DOA.
A lot has been made of the Anzac legend and it's a difficult thing for me to think myself through. I, mean, I think on the one hand that legend is a source of inspiration for Australian soldiers working overseas. At the other hand, some soldiers find themselves comparing themselves with a myth. And you're never going to shape up if you compare yourself with a myth. You're always going to fall short. And I think that's the, the double-edged sword that is the Anzac legend. And so they say, we won the day in the Battle of Darabad. I think people see the returned soldiers from Afghanistan as, as, as part of that Anzac tradition. I think some of them wear that more comfortably than others. The First World War was a state-on-state -state war. We were fighting the Germans, the Turks, over territory, and that's what war is traditionally conceived of. But of course, the sort of things that Defence Force have done for the last 17 years have been more about what we call stabilisation, trying to, to help countries that are racked with conflict to get back on their feet. And we're addressing military problems as this, at the same time as we're addressing problems with governance and development and politics. Complicated picture. Langer's won selection. Daniel Keegren got a gong. Abbott won the election. And Fred Smith got his song. Those who get these accolades deserve all that they get. But Crash did not deserve to die in the battle at Derapet. And I moved back to Brisbane and got out on Civvy Street. Now I'm working in this mine, mate, in this mess where miners eat. And married now with children to a woman named Regret. It's the price you pay for a summer's day in the fields of Derapet. Fred Smith, who was speaking with Jeff Wood at the National Folk Festival in Canberra. Kirsty Beilhart's music there, we know, can have a healing effect for veterans as well. Mm. I think that was very interesting to hear the sort of cathartic effect it has. Those are stories that often go untold. And unfortunately, we've become quite desensitised to visual media on the television because we see just so much of it. And I think perhaps choosing the medium of a song means people stop and listen to the words at a pace and might hear those stories which otherwise go untold. Christian Kunder, what does Islam tell us about music? Vastly different uh, teachings depending which school. That's right. I mean, the, the general consensus is that so-called vain music is impermissible and that would be the music that's inspiring individuals to be egocentric or to undertake negative acts. However, there's also a consensus in orthodoxy that music which is used for either positive uplifting purposes, and in that we're talking about connecting to God, connecting to the prophet, or in this case, what is literally for healing, physical and mental healing, would be encouraged. Something interesting I found in my research was that way back as far as the 11th and 12th centuries, some of the Muslim philosophers were some of the first to use music in the practice of healing. So they were physicians who used music as part of their practice. That's right. Ibn Sina, Al-Ghazali spoke about it or wrote about it, I should say. Ibn Abidin, who is, mm. I guess, the most well-known Hanafi jurist, said clearly exactly what I just said, that while vain music is impermissible, this music that is used for uplifting positive purposes is encouraged. Okay, then, Christian, hot chocolate, sexual healing, haram <laughs> or halal? It would be impermissible, yeah. Haram. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, Christian's... Ne God, they throw out the whole collection. <laughs> the, the, 